welcome to Four Spikes. We are on episode four today. I am Jonathan, and as always, my co-host, Greg. Uh, and uh, what do we talk about on this show, Greg? We're both spikes, and we like to talk about spiky things. We're basically spiky players. We like to talk about whatever is competitive in Magic, and whatever the heck else that we think is interesting or important. Absolutely. Including uh, what we'll be talking about today. So today we're going to be going over some more Scar spoilers. We're not going to go over the whole thing, because everyone... You know, you can. there's all sorts of different podcasts. We'll go over a couple ones we found interesting. Some questions that we got from listeners. We're going to give a couple shout-outs. Also, we're going to give a big shout-out to Tyler Passau, who got first at the TCG Player. Congrats, Tyler. And our, well and our other friend, an avid listener of, of this show, who top-aided at that same uh, Well done, Tony. Yep. And actually, he, he just lost to Tyler, right? He did. So he, he lost did. to the eventual winner exactly. in the quarterfinals. In, in three, too, so... Yep, so it took him to Game 3. So good job, Tyler. Good job, Tony. And uh, good job, Milwaukee, for representing. We're also going to talk about this last weekend because we had my birthday draft, the first ever mitotic draft. A lot of you listeners might be thinking, what the heck is a mitotic draft? And that's a good point. Well, I'll put it like this. A 16-player draft, a first-place prize where, aside from all the prize support and all the packs and everything, there was going to be special prize which was that whoever got first was able to make a a card whatever they wanted that i could put into my cube and it will stay there forever and it'll be kind of like an invitational almost sure yeah we did that this weekend and i got a lot of input and thanks to listeners for for giving their feedback and to everyone else who gave feedback i got a lot of really good suggestions Greg, you you are an advocate of the two-headed giant, right? I really like two-headed giant sealed, or uh, that as an idea, because mm-hmm. doing a sealed cube two-headed giant seems like a lot of fun. Um, that was something that I suggested, but but what we ended up doing was a lot of fun. So right. I definitely think that we get the right. Yeah, and and we got mix. yeah, and we got a lot of sealed. We got a lot of sealed suggestions. We got a lot. I got a lot of suggestions for various team formats and for various individual formats. And the one that I actually liked the most, and I think it was Baga who also liked this, was the ro- the Team Rotisserie Draft, which Team Rotisserie Cube, I would say, is the most skill-intensive format I've ever heard of. For anyone that doesn't know, do a quick Google search, check it out. There's actually, I think, still some videos from Worlds from years ago, because that was the format for a while. Absolutely phenomenal, but it takes a lot of time, and it's very skill-intensive. Well, what we ended up going with was, I, I just happened to be biking to work one day, and I was thinking about this, and all the different formats are going through my head, and different things that people want to do. So I came up with the idea of a mitotic draft. Now, mitotic draft, this is the first of its kind, so bear with me, it's a little complicated, is kind of like it sounds. Tom from Monday Night Magic's favorite card type, the ooze, the mitotic slime, is the inspiration. It is where... So we have a 16-person cube draft. Everyone's for themselves, and it'll be single elimination. So after the first round of the single elimination, there's going to be eight people who are out of the tournament. Now, the cube draft will continue. There's going to be four rounds of it as a 16-person tournament calls for. But after the first round, eight people will be out. So there's going to be an eight-person draft. And that draft will be independent of the cube draft. It'll be a chaos draft. I had everyone bring extra packs so we threw that all into mix, mixed it up, and they all got a set of packs to draft with after anyone was eliminated from the main cube draft. So after the first round, eight people did their own side draft, and they just continued that out to completion. Now, after the second round, in the main draft and the cube draft, there was four people who were out. So those four did a chaos draft. 
and the main draft continued, the cube draft. After the third round, two people were out. So they did a heads-up draft, and they had one-on-one tournament where they did a um, Winston draft for the cards. And then eventually, you know, we had the finals of everything. And it all kind of worked out because in an eight-man, you have three rounds left. And after the first round of the cube, you had three rounds left. And it all kind of, it was kind of like a cascade effect. Everyone got to play throughout the whole tournament. Everyone got prizes because even the people that side drafted got to pick through the packs that they opened. And it was awesome because we got to incorporate both a chaos draft, which is one of my favorite things ever, and a cube draft, which is my other favorite thing ever. It was just an awesome day of magic, I think. I think everyone had a great time. Phenomenal, phenomenal feedback. Yeah, and and it was just a lot of fun. It was a great way to bring everyone together and... To get exactly 16 people is and 16 Magic players together for a weekend and to commit to the time and to bring you know enough packs for everyone to play and everything else, it was really challenging and totally worth it, but really, really hard because 16 people is a lot to get on the dot. Because, you know, initially I had much more people that showed interest and then some people waned and then last minute some people wanted to come some people didn't and it's just very 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 hard to organize that so thanks to everyone who showed up and thanks to everyone who you know stood by and and got there because it's really difficult organizing exactly 16 people it it could only work because we had 16 people so i highly recommend the mitotic draft to anyone who has a good sized play group and a good amount of time and i guess you could actually do it with an eight person draft as well Although 16-person is awesome, so I highly recommend that because it just worked out perfectly. So it was a lot of fun, and I had a lot of fun. It was a great birthday, and people bought me some awesome presents, including Ben, who got me this great Venser to put in the cube. My old Venser was just a normal-looking one. This one was one that Alexi Bricklot, uh, who's the artist, did, and it has, uh, you know... Uh, you know, he scissors it up so there's a bunch of lightning coming out of Venser's hands and he's got some cool, you know, it just looks really cool. Um, and it's especially relevant because Venser's the new Planeswalker. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. And uh, thanks, Ben. Thanks, everyone, for coming. So, yeah, that was the weekend. The Mitotic Draft, first of its kind, totally awesome, big success. And congrats to Brendan, who... Actually, I ended up winning, but I don't know if people just be nice to me because it was my birthday. That might have been a pretty stacked field. I mean, if you... Within within our within our play group, we've got a lot of you know a lot of spiky, strong, competitive players that have been around for quite some time. So within a cube format, there's a, there's a lot of talent there. Absolutely, and again, congratulations to Brendan who uh, had an awesome kind of green aggro deck that just had you know there's so many good green creatures out there and he really tore it up but i just had a i kind of had actually we we had like very swingy games there was the first game was awesome totally like back and forth he had me at a very low life initially and then i was able to get smokestack online which i absolutely loved i talked about last week and i got um kurt actually passed me a balance this cube so if I have smokestack and balance, he passed you balance while cutting off Armageddon. <laughs> right, right. He knew to he knew to cut Armageddon, but he did pass me the balance, which in my deck actually served as an Armageddon a couple times because I had trade routes, so I was able to you know manipulate it a little bit. Dirty, and, dirty man. Yeah, yeah, I was able to do some fun Unfair. tricks. Yeah, Unfair. so I so I and I had a lot of artifact mana, so I did get past two moxes as well somehow. But yeah, Kurt. Um, Passed me the balance. I had the smokestack, so I was able to barely come back game one. Game two, 
I got kind of mana screwed, and he just smashes me. Game three, he got mana screwed, and I had, and I was able to, well, he was okay on mana, except I was able to uh, take away, I think I was able to mana leak an early fixer for him, and then I had strip mine, and then he was, you know, then I got smokestack out, and that was it. Um, so he he got taken out that game. But he had a very good deck, and Brendan is a pretty consistent, when he comes, he hasn't come around as much lately, but he's a pretty consistent, good player. As far as the cube goes, he really does well. And, and since it was my cube, I decided that I'm not going to take the first place prize design a card, obviously, because I can do that anyway. Sure. I gave that to him, so he's already been emailing me, and we're going back and forth. Um, for I'm, I'm drafting up what he wants for his final design, so I have to put that together and find a good picture. Um, and then his card should be ready to go pretty soon, uh, but I just have to make sure it's exactly what he wants. So that should be online soon enough, and congrats again to Brendan. Also noteworthy... You won. You won the cube initial draft. That means that you went undefeated on the day. And Brendan, his only loss was the last match to you. Uh, after first round lo- loss, half the half the field yep. lost in the first round. And then there was the the chaos draft. Uh, Rhino won the chaos draft. Yes, good job, Rhino. And then uh, in the the people that lost in the second round, I was one of those. Uh, I lost to. Um, Baga, Baga won, Baga won that that one, and I took I took second um, in that. So so I, I Baga technically took fifth, Rhino technically took ninth, and then uh, I'm not sure who who won in the third fourth place. Yeah, Ben exactly. Ben beat Peter. Ben is strong. Well, that was a chaos draft. The third round. Yeah. So uh, very successful, mitotic cube draft and yeah the whole the whole day was just oh and there's one thing i did want to talk about i'm going to bring up two things that i saw and i think you have a couple stories as well one thing is that i also had academy rector and a couple different enchantments to go with them academy rector is one white three colorless so it's four converted mana cost for one two when it goes to the graveyard you may remove it from the game and search your library from enchantment and put it directly into play and i had decree of silence which many of you may have never heard of. I certainly hadn't before I found it randomly in someone's binder and picked it up for the cube, but it's six blue-blue, so eight converted mana cost for an enchantment. When an opponent plays a spell, counter that spell and put a depletion counter on Decree of Silence. If there are three or more depletion counters on Decree of Silence, sacrifice it. So it's an enchantment. But it also has cycling for four blue-blue. When you cycle it, you may counter target spell. So... If you want, it's an expensive dismiss, but it's also amazing when you can get it out like third or fourth turn with Academy Rector and Balance or something else to take out Rector. Um, I had quite a few ways of getting that down, so it was pretty awesome. You're basically countering anything that they can cast at that point. Correct. The, the first three things that they can cast. Yeah, which it was is awesome. Pretty phenomenal because they might have to hold a mox in their hand. Well, it's just so much advantage, and and that was really fun. It's very hard to get out, but when you do, it's just so powerful. I also had uh, control magic, and I had a couple other random enchantments that weren't as good, but I had some targets for it. So my deck was really fun. The other awesome thing was actually Ben Stark, and Ben Stark had. A Silent Spectre in his deck, which is 4 black black for a 4-4 flying. You can morph it for 3 black black. 
And it says, whenever a Silent Spectre deals combat damage to a player, that player discards two cards from his or her hand. So it's basically like a double hippie, except um, it's not a random, it's of their choice. And what happened with him was he had a first, a second turn Silent Spectre on board with Land, Soul Ring, next turn, Land, Dark Ritual, tap Soul Ring, tap the other Land, Silent Spectre, which was just insane. But not as insane as the next match, where he was able to go Land, Lotus, Dark Ritual, Silent Spectre. Turn one, Silent Spectre against Brendan, which was absolutely phenomenal. So that was probably the coolest play I saw the day that I really want to talk about. How about you? Did you see any cool in the cube or in the chaos or anything else? That deck wrecked me. <laughs> I lost. I lost a Ben, and that deck wrecked me. Well so done, many, So many, so many nightmares of, of that game. <laughs> that was that match. Um, yeah. So I played in a. I played in the in the chaos mini draft of four after losing in the, in the second round. I played against Baga in the second game of that of that little tournament and that was probably my most fun magic that i had had in a couple weeks you know i I play magic probably three tournaments a weekend and then on tuesday so i play i play i play a lot of magic every week and maybe it's just m11 and you know maybe i don't know but it was just a blast i had a i had a fun red white kind of aggro-y deck baga had a blue control kind of deck that had very did a lot of efficient flyers now it was a very it was a very efficient it was very efficient deck versus you know what i i I had i had a fairly efficient deck as well um with goblin goblin tungler making just little stupid guys and and soul warden because i had so many guys i just my deck was just you know top to bottom guys with one armor ascension and one shivs and brace to just push the the one ones through um it was a very efficient deck and his it was just it was just a crazy some crazy board states and i don't remember a lot of the particulars but it was just a very 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 fun match where i gained i think like 20 life over the course of the match inevitably lost to a reality spasm that he using jace bellerin and in reality spasm is blue blue x tap x or untap x creatures right correct instant speed right and Crystal Ball. So Crystal Ball and, and, and Jace Bellerin to, to just kind of try and siphon. So, oh, and he had, a, and he had a, a, a looter. So he was just basically going through every card looking for something. I knew that it was bad when he, he attacked with like three guys. It's just scary. Uh, I was like, okay, so why are you attacking now with your, your, these guys? So anyway, whatever. I lost, but it was a, it was a great time. Uh, very, very, very well-played I think from both sides, it's hard to, to comment on my own play, my own play, but there weren't any mistakes that I thought were were all that obvious. But uh, yeah, it was very well played and very fun game. Yeah, and that's the other thing about the chaos draft and the cube is that it allows your mind to explore different regions of the game, and there are interactions that are not normal that happen within those types of formats, which is why I like it so much because it presents a lot of unique puzzles within the game. But also, especially before a new set comes out, it allows you to investigate different different parts of your mind. It allows you to investigate different parts of the game and think about it in a whole new way and gain a fresh perspective, which is particularly relevant when Scars is coming out, Absolutely. I think. 
So let's let's transition on to that then. Let's Sounds move good. on to some scars. We got an awesome question from the Beamy, who's one of our listeners and also a co-host on Mana Screwed. And actually, he's he's been really moved around. He's been yeah, he's been he's been he's on Monday Night Magic. Monday Night Magic the last two weeks, I believe. And he hung out with the A Team guys too, I think. That that yeah, that sounds right. So he so he's really getting around. A great guy, also a Milwaukee native. So we got to give some props to some Milwaukee folks. What what? And he had a great question for us through Twitter. He basically asked, "What what what color should we be looking for, or what what, what particular color would we look to?" Um, to hope to have in our pools, you know, and I think that that that's a very interesting question, a very very valid question when when talking about sealed and you know what, you know, if if we were to 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 think about M eleven and what color would we want, I think blue is is probably the the color that we want this you know a strong blue field with first season stuff like that. In right. in scars, it's a little harder to really look at a particular color given the the sheer quantity of artifacts and also some of the fixing that does exist means that you can be a little more liberal with your the quantity of colors you can play three colors almost for sure i fully expect to play three colors possibly four or five colors when and particularly in sealed where you can't go and get fixing if you don't have it 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 might not you know that's that's not a familiar thing whereas i think that that is a very legitimate possibility in a number of, of sealed pools this weekend and next weekend for the pre-release. And I would say that I'm most looking towards opening a lot of green so far. There's not very many spoils. There's only about 12 of each uh, color right Plus now. Like, like, yeah, like 50, 12 50 or 13. So, so we're over so halfway. What I'm looking for, yeah, so what I'm looking for is uh, green, I think, because of the commons I've seen, I really like Carapace Forge, which is one green so it's two converted mana costs for a 2-2 but it has metalcraft which is if you have three or more artifacts it gets plus two plus two so four four for two mana seems great to me and i think metalcraft is obviously very doable in this set so i'm really looking forward to that and i think that that will make green awesome i also really like blight mamba more as a like kind of efficient wall it's one in a green for a one one it's a common it has infect, and it's also one in a green to regenerate Blight Mamba, which I don't necessarily expect to win with this guy through infect and poison counters. But you know, as a blocker, he's fine, and not just being able to block their biggest guy and regenerate, but also give it wither counters each time seems relevant and good. I think the thing that has me most excited of all the cards in green is Slice and Twain. It's two green green for an instant. It's an uncommon. So you're not going to maybe see it as much in, in a sealed pool because it's uncommon, but I would still love to crack one or more of these. And so it's a four mana for an instant. Destroy target artifact or enchantment, draw a card. Which in this set just seems great. You you can instantly take them out of Metalcraft, which you know you can shrink their guys or lose some effects or whatever. That's going to be relevant Absolutely. as well. You can instantly possibly take out a big guy that they have. There's, you know, five fives for four mana running around. There's all sorts of stuff. So being able to take that out seems great. And, you know, being able to draw a card on top of that just seems insane when a lot of times this is going to knock out a creature and draw you a card. I think there's a lot of cool applications for that, and it's making me very excited to play that card in sealed or in draft. Although it is uncommon, so we're not going to see it that much. 
if I were to, if there were a, a particular color that I would be excited to play, um, I'm definitely, I'm definitely excited to, to look for how, for how many infect, um, the keyword infect, how, how many times that's in my pool to see if I'm going to go like a green black strategy. Cause there's a lot of infect in those two colors as it should be. Cause mm-hmm. where the you know, poisonous originally came from. Mm-hmm. But if, if it's not becoming obvious that I'm going to take, you know, a strong strat, a strong, um, flavorful strategy of that nature, I'm probably going to be looking at red because red traditionally, as has been spoiled thus far, has the, um, the strongest in the most frequent occurrences of this, of artifact removal and destruction. And there is shatter, which so is shatter, shatter is, and also, red, yeah, I, I'm finding more and more that you're kind of a red mage, Greg, you you like the red, which is, which is fascinating because I don't. No, last time I played red. Well, yeah, and and every time you draft cube, it seems, and then this last one in the chaos, you know, when you have access to powerful red cards, you love playing the the burn and just lots of, like, get their card, which is great. But let me put it like this. You really just want to crack a cough. That's what you're saying for you want to open a lot of red in your cube. You want a cough or two coming your way. If I win a a pre-release or four playing cough, (laughs) first of all, if I got got four four, four sealed pools... With a particular mythic, yeah, somebody's gonna call me a cheater probably. <laughs> but but yeah, there's there's definitely some additional breaking rights for for playing particular um, undervalued within certain circles because apparently a lot of people a lot of people like this card. It's not just it's not just us. So we got we got a little bit of support other than the the, the few naysayers. There are some detractors with the nice play group, but that's okay. Although I, I will say this, I think Koth will shoot up in price. Because a lot of people on game day just want that quick cash. So if you can pick up a cough for forty bucks in cash, which to a lot of people it's like, oh, I just paid for mine plus. Sure, I'll, I'll say that for forty. Sure, I think that that's a deal, and I think it's going to go up. And I think it's the type of card that will be a four of, like Jace is a four of, because it is a vulnerable planeswalker, and therefore it's okay to have multiples of. As opposed to something like I yeah, if you see another one, you're like, oh, I can now use the negative two. You know, and then play another one off of that negative two, and use the negative two, and have insane quantities of mana. I mean, it's right. just a crazy combo. There are yeah, there are some fun interactions that can happen, but more than likely, it's I think it'll be your opponents that are trying to kill Koth as quickly Certainly. as possible. So that's that's very interesting. Um, and I think if you can pick one up on game day for forty or even forty five, I would highly recommend it because I see that card going to fifty or or over pretty quickly. And the other thing is that I was I was reading an interesting article today by LSV, which you should check out on channelfireball.com, and he was talking about the standard shifting metagame, and he was saying how Valakut Ramp really only loses Bloodbraid Elf, and there's one other card which I'm forgetting Rampant right now. Rampant Growth. Rampant, Rampant Growth. Yeah. He didn't actually mention that, though. In the article, there was one other card uh, that I'm forgetting, but he did mention it later when in the comments section someone bought that up, but you're right, Rampant Growth. Anyway... Which is Rhino's one of his favorite decks. I'm sure he's going to you know pick up his Koth as quickly as possible. But that deck just seems like great with Koth in it. Right Koth now. seems to fit in that deck. I don't think because I've been playing with this card. I mean, I've been I've been I've been making up different lists. I've been trying to figure out. I don't actually know if Valakut is the most appropriate card in a Koth based deck. If you're, if you're looking to build around Koth, I don't even know if Valakut. Yeah, a lot. You know, all the mountain interactions are are you know obvious, but 
I don't know if I really want. I think I want to. I want to ramp to spells rather than ramp to to, to lands in particular. I want to ramp so, to destructive force. That's all I want. I, I do. I do too. But I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about it in that. I think ratchet bomb. Ratchet bomb as a, as as an alternative to destructive force. Because I mean, I, I thought the same thing. I mean, the list that I've got so far definitely has some destructive force in there. But as I think about ratchet bomb. In, in a mono red list... And again, Ratchet get, Bomb is uh, two colorless mana for an artifact. Tap it to put a counter on it. And you can also tap it and sacrifice it to blow up all non-land permanents that have a converted mana cost equal to the amount of counters on it. Correct. So, you know, you can you could, you could potentially play it and, and sack it right away to, to, to destroy Aeroflowing Chalice or the new the new Mox, you know, a Mox Opal. Uh, and if they've got my out there, anything that they use to put it out there, Memnites. Or all of their Memnites, yeah. <laughs> you know, so I think that there are a number of different you can take ways out all, that you can card take out all their, You can take out their... You're going to take a couple from Memnites. They're going to Windmill Slam, four Memnites, turn one, turn two, you're going to take some damage. And then they're going to be out of gas. And then you're Oh, wait, gonna, they didn't have any gas because it's just Memnites. <laughs> I actually think Memnites I, I think Memnites should be fine in... in in limited, I don't. I think I think in standard it might have some applications. I've been working on a couple ideas with Memnites. I think it has some applications, especially depending on how good that white enchantment. It's uh, one white white, so converted mana cost three. All artifact creatures get plus two plus two. I don't know. I think I, I think I want to try Memnite out. Maybe Ornithopter. We'll see. But uh, I think I think there might be some applications. Uh, although I do. Don't get me wrong, Memnite. And that I think can have its application. I think that what you're what you're talking about may seems appropriate. That type of a deck. Well, that's just because you're with, a red with, mage. With, with 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 Steel Overseer too. Like that's that's a deck that Steel Overseer just seems like an obvious right. you know, include. And some of those interactions maybe a little proliferate. Yeah. So Scar seems like a great set coming out. And thanks to Mimi for that question. And if anyone else has any questions or comments. Uh, we will have our information at the end of the show, and also if you look on the MTG Cast website, all of our information and some extra random links we'll put in the show notes for you, hopefully including the report from that TCG player uh, event that Tyler did well in, So and, and uh, Tony. So another thing that I've been looking at, which is... Speaking of scars, is a new. I've been trying to work around some different allies builds because I like pro- proliferate so much. It just seems like a natural addition to the allies decks. Although, of course, it's going to slow it down. I'm, I'm I'm working on it because that deck could be so explosively fast, and it's losing Bloodbraid Elf, which is significant. But I think with pro- proliferate, it could do some really cool things. I'm looking at some other possible builds, maybe including blue as well, especially with that instant that can proliferate. Blue-white blue white allies with pro- pro- proliferate? That blue, seems, blue seems white and, and possibly uh, green as well. Green has some ones I want to get in there. But yeah, I think blue-white. There's a couple other options, of course, because the red one being able to destroy artifacts, you know, that's really good. There's green ones which pump up really quickly some of them make little wolf guys and everything else so there's a lot of different options out there and i'm still playing around with it but if the listeners have any feedback i'd love to hear what you guys think about an allies deck with proliferate and especially with that instant blue proliferate and also now you can include mana leak in that deck which you weren't really able to before partially because 
the Naya version was so much better with the allies, but sure. also because Bloodbraid elfing into that is horrible, and you can't really play Bloodbraid elf and counter spells in the same deck, especially or the ones that cost less than three. So that's something I'm looking at right now, and I think will be cool. Because think about it, if you have three guys out end of turn or in the middle of combat or whatever, draw a card, pump all their guys, all your guys up. It's insane to proliferate and potentially if you've got Kabiria, right? You know, having uh, it just seems seems really good. Yeah, so it's a work in progress, and and as I continue to think about it, I'm sure you know, I'm sure other people will come up with different builds too. But if you guys have any ideas or any feedback, I'd love to hear it. Uh, but there's going to be, I think, did a lot mention, of. Did you mention Venser in that deck? No, because no. I think I think blinking, blinking, blinking like one ally consistently every turn to make sure, sure you hit that 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 trigger or or potentially to hit that trigger again. So you're you're putting multiple sure. counters. It seems very strong. As as just making all of your allies unblockable. Absolutely, it doesn't come into play until the end of turn. Doesn't come back. It's not right. really a blink. It's not quite that good. It's still good. Right. But it's not quite that. good. So it's not going to work with like the evangel or anything like that but correct yeah but it is it is a cool idea and it is a good option i think so that's one thing and and i really like the idea of of proliferate and i also want to say that if you haven't already i highly recommend and i called phylactery lich out before and we'll see how that pans out but i highly recommend picking up any voltaic keys that you can right now that are foil because I think that keys are going to see play now, and people like to pimp out their decks, all that stuff, but you can probably get them for a quarter piece right now. So foil Voltaic keys seem really good with Proliferate and with some of the other uh, artifacts that we have around right now, or that we're going to have around very soon. Even um, Everflowing Chalice potentially just ramping up, or some of the other some of the other ones that we have. Even, you know, you know what would be cool with is that Aldrazi artifact that's you know, sacrifice to draw three cards or tap to add three mana. Yeah, that's actually in my that's in my my, my red list. Oh, really? Two, two of those. Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. So I think I think that you know, Voltaic key. If you can find some foil ones, I would recommend picking up now because I think that they could see some play. Pick them up for cheap because absolutely they're going to go. And, up. and I, I agree with that. A, a, a foil. Don't pay two dollars for it though. That's silly. A, a foil. And that's probably land. Everflowing chalice seems outstanding. Because I think Everflowing Chalice just fits into all sorts of decks. With Metalcraft in standard, I just think that that, that card is just going to be just an instant include in, in sure, almost can, any non-Angler format. Even in Angler formats, because it ramps, obviously. Yeah, but I think I think that Trinket Mage also makes Everflowing Chalice good. And obviously the XX, you can Trinket Mage that up because it is a zero converted mana cost. Chimeric Mass. Yeah. There, there's a couple different decks out there um, that we're playing around with. But we'd also love to hear from you. If you have any decks that you are building right now or any thoughts that you have with the new format, let us know if you want us to take a look at it, if you want any feedback or any comments. But we'll continue to work on ours and let you know how the uh, Koth decks work out and how the uh, Allies decks work out. Yeah, right now, I mean, we're in, we're in pardon the phrase, we're in Trinket, <laughs> trinket stage right now with uh with these with these new decks I'd say it's right more, after we're more it's more tinkering than trinket sounds good we're sounds appropriate yeah. sounds appropriate right after release weekend is states right it is definitely a time to be thinking about yes what you're going to do pre-release weekend which we're probably going to talk about that a little bit after the intermission so us tinkering 
with some standard decks is really relevant right now because standard is going to be extremely relevant right after release weekend. It's still important to really grasp as fast as possible how to build a sealed pool in SCARS because not only the pre-release weekend and release weekend, which is a lot of fun, it's a lot of entertainment, but the actual competitive, you know, you have your options of things you want to focus on, and as Spikes, we're trying to do it all. Well, I'm looking forward to starting to explore Type 2 only because States is coming. That's all I'm interested in. I want to win States. I think that that's, there's a lot of people who are going to want to win States. Wisconsin is very competitive. So I'm looking forward to cracking Type 2 wide open and exploring all the different innards that are available, especially after all those sets. We have four sets rotating out. We have Shards Block rotating out. We have M10 rotating out. And we're going to have a lot of new options. So I want to get right into it, especially because the format will not at all be defined. Now, after that happens, I'm not, I don't care about Type 2. I'm just looking towards Sealed, and I want to get good at that. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think that I agree with you as I, as, I think about, as I process it a little more, specifically thinking about Standard. I haven't really been thinking about what I'm going to care about in a couple, you know, in, in two months. Right, right. What I care about right now is is being ready for the pre-release and the release weekends, and then it's all going to be it's all going to be sealed for a while. So it's important that we that we focus on that, and this will be our first opportunity this coming weekend on the twenty fifth to do it. So we'll take a quick intermission and be back with y'all later. And we're actually joined by a special guest. We have Diana, my beautiful and capable girlfriend. Hello, Diana. Hi. And uh, Diana, welcome back. How was work? I want to do this. So what's it like being your friend of a magic player? I guess we're going to jump right into it. <laughs> um, well, you never know when there's going to be a tournament. That's true. We have lots of <laughs> impromptu drafts. <laughs> Sometimes and, uh, in this very small apartment. True. And uh, I have a lot of girls' night out and family time. So <laughs> it's a nice little balance for my life. <laughs> <laughs> have you, but you've, you've probably met some interesting people playing magic that you might not have otherwise, right? Uh, well, I do work in IT, so I don't know that. <laughs> That's true. There is kind of, actually, there are... The demographics so diverse. <laughs> yeah, there are some, there is some crossover, like Galen and some yeah. other folks. So, yeah, okay, fair enough. So maybe you would have met some magic-y <laughs> folks otherwise. But uh, let me ask you this. Have you been surprised by the diversity in magic players that you've met? For example, someone like Kurt... Is very different than someone like Caleb or Greg, or is it like pretty much it's all pretty similar? I mean, there is there's kind of a overall demographic, right? Like it's mostly guys, you know. It's mostly kind of dorky guys like me and. Yeah, but like when you think usually of dorky people, you think like smelly. Right. They don't dress well. They probably don't have girlfriends. A lot of magic players are actually married, and they have children, and some of them are 
educators and some of them are jacks and some of them are really are dorks uh, <laughs> and yeah I don't know I guess it's just it's different interesting everybody's different well that's true and our, our sample size might be we might have more of the in our play group more family oriented and kids and stuff than the average <laughs> we took a sample across all magic players but I'd say that's true there is I'll put it like this on the spectrum of dorkiness and i am as dorky as it gets for sure i love all that you know dragons and wizards and everything else but on the whole spectrum i'd say on average magic players are probably a little more socially adept on the rung than maybe some of the other demographics of dorkiness if you know what i mean for example there's like larpers right like live action role players who are you know go around? I don't really know if this is coming off. I don't right, know. But. I don't know. Like I don't know enough about some of the other categories within dorkdom. <laughs> I just we have words. like, but it, I I would I would agree that magic players, by the nature, paper magic players, the physical hold cardboard in your hand type magic players. I would agree that there is a forced social social aspect to it and as a result um, success and being social oftentimes are very highly linked particularly at a competitive level agreed so you know you need to be able to network to be able to 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 play test and to yeah, that's to be able to you know get information off of you know other successful players so those are those are things that particularly within a competitive group are fairly common, whereas I don't know if that's necessarily the standard bear for all Magic players. How do you think Allison feels? Allison is Greg's significant other. Yeah, Allison, Allison uh, now that summer is over, I think that she appreciates the opportunity to get some homework done, oh. in all honesty, but uh, definitely, definitely was not a big fan of... Uh, uh, the what? summer summer cycle. No, <laughs> that's hard to believe. Yeah, when when turn when you don't get back until like two a.m., she gets up at like five a.m. Yeah, it's a hard balance, but it's definitely <laughs> it's definitely strikeable. Although I'll say this, I'm very happy that you don't play magic. And that might come off. I play magic all the time when you're sleeping. Oh yeah. you're gone, I have big drafts. Yeah. Yeah. In your dreams. (laughs) You dream about drafting all night. No, but I am. Well, obviously, I'm very thankful to have you in my life. You're a wonderful uh, addition to to me and and compliment to everything I do. But I will say that I'm glad we don't share magic because first of all. If you played, we would never get anything done ever because we would just, you know, be playing all the time and there would be no time for homework or anything else. But second of all, I think it's very hard for a woman to play magic right now. And I'm not sure that I would have enough mental energy if we went to a tournament together to, one, fight off all the guys and I'd probably be very confrontational with some of them if they're trying to hit on you, to be honest. And two... uh, deal with that while also trying to be very competitive and keep my mind focused on, you know, the very arduous task sometimes of playing at a high-level tournament. 
And I'd say lots of props to all the couples that do it. I know I've seen quite a few, and there are obviously very talented magic players out there. It's just actually reading a column. You know, Lauren Lee is now on Star City Games, but uh, there there are definitely a lot of talented women out there, although I think there's still quite a few challenges, and I'm just glad that all the hassles of bringing a girlfriend to... Although maybe there could be some benefits. I think sometimes there... Like, some of the trades that I've seen go on between, like, you know, attractive women and men sometimes, like, I think they get a benefit. I, I think, I think, I think a, a, a single, I don't a single, know if that's worth a it. single, a single, you know, woman would have, have some success in the game, whether or not you would choose as a not single woman, would you, whether you really like the type of attention that you would get. In in an, like a magic tournament. Actually, or, I don't know if that I don't know if that's something that. Well, Diane, you've gone to a couple of tournaments, right? Well, I, we you went, went to, to the Grand, Grand Prix, Prix in Indianapolis. Indiana, or yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, Indiana. and uh, there was actually a married woman there who was playing magic with her husband. She wasn't with him when we met her, but mm-hmm. we just we really noticed her because of what she was wearing. Yep. And then we saw her. Uh, playing against somebody like doing yep. rounds and she didn't have sleeves right yeah. and this guy was just quick to be like here you go here's my sleeves you can have them for free right they only yeah. cost me 20 bucks but <laughs> you know yeah, but the, you know the if advantages I, of that attention you know if I if I went up to him and was like hey dude I don't have any sleeves I don't think the response I would get would be exactly the same yeah, as she right. but yeah it's it's that is that is true I forgot about her yeah and she and she was what a, she's like a physics major yeah. or something. She's very smart, obviously, and she was... I played against her, I think that was round one, and I... Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and, and I smashed her, but... <laughs> <laughs> but I could definitely tell that she was probably used to getting some negative attention, which, as a society, we kind of feed into, like, you know, there's sexism and women are objectified and all that stuff, of course, but as a... in in But in the magic world, it's almost... A little bit more severe, I would say, than normal, just because, first of all, the ratio of men to women, and second of all, the ratio of uh, men who are not in regular contact with attractive women, maybe, to their, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, definitely. There's not, like, or not, I don't know how to say it like that, but it, there's not exactly the same ratio of men to, uh, you know, who are as really comfortable communicating with women on an equal level. Particularly given, you know, though there, though magic is starting to, to, to scale a little bit in age to, you know, maybe 30-year-old, 30-somethings, mm-hmm. the game's still pretty young. Right. I mean, there's still a lot of, a lot of, a lot of the game are, you know, teenagers. Right. And maybe early 20-somethings that, that haven't had a lot of opportunities to interact with a whole lot of, you know, female right. people, so... Well, and and the other thing is that there's oh, right the the immaturity is a big factor, but another issue is simply that a lot of really violent kind of anti women language is kind of incorporated in regularly like rape is you know like something that's used commonly. Like I just like, as it, like hearts. Well, as no, 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 as, it, as a reference nature. for yeah, as 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 a reference for beating somebody. You know, it's like, it's used. It's oh, that's terrible. Right? It, it, it is, but I mean, so are sport. I mean, there's and there's a lot of sports references too. I mean, there's it's. Oh. It, I don't know. If, I don't know how relevant that is, though. I mean, I think it's really relevant. I would not feel comfortable if I was a woman in that situation, 
especially given a lot of the violent language that's used, I don't know if I'd feel comfortable. And I think that it's not necessarily mitigated when women are around because in my experience, I've heard a lot of that same language used regardless. And I think it's, it's kind of like my mom, you know, is a huge feminist and she's still a lot of that stuff. Me, but a big thing of hers is like societies that treat the women really bad, like Afghanistan, where women who are trying to go to school are getting acid thrown in their face by Taliban, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Any society that really degrades their women to such an extreme extent has severe problems with it because of it, because women play kind of a calming, you know, her, her opinion is that women play kind of a balancing act in the world and in, in a society in general. And I would say that a microcosm of that might be in the magic world where there might be more extremes as far as the violence and violent language use and all that type of stuff, because there isn't that balancing factor to be introduced where, you know, it's a little more, you know, calm and there's, you know, a little bit of niceties into it. It's kind of like the only women in magic are mostly like fairies and and anthropomorphized cats that have, you know. No offense to any any, any women listeners that we may have that are that do not meet said description of. No, no, no. Of them. course, but no, I mean, no, no, I, no, no, no. Of course, of course, there's women that play. I'm just saying that the majority of women aren't the players. The majority are the characters in the game and other stuff. The vast majority of people are guys, and that's why. Yeah, I, yeah. No, of course. Yes. <laughs> I you okay, fair enough. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> I don't know that why that's why where your mind went to, but that's not what I was saying at all. I'm saying that the majority of females in the game are on the cards, not in real life, not sure. IRL, and therefore there might not be that balance, you know, that she's talking about. Um, and that's just my opinion of it. And there's probably sociologists who are much smarter about this stuff than we are. But I think that it's I think it's pretty true that uh, it's not the most welcome atmosphere for women to freely join in. And there are exceptions. There are people that are cool as hell, you know, to, to, to everyone. And there's also, um, you know, people who fit, there's, there's a lot of women who fit really well into that and, and can kind of like play with it and, you know, be very, be very welcome into that atmosphere. But I would agree that the majority of the people that do fit that criteria, Mm -hmm. that, that, that fit right in or, 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 or play into it very well, Mm -hmm. they have circumstances that, set that up and, and by that I mean the um, heavy interaction with lots of you know guys you know while they're growing up or, or even at the time the majority of their friend base is, is, sure. is guys or you know that you have to have learned to be to be comfortable whether whether learn is the right word or not but have grown accustomed to some of the things that you were talking about some of the some of the the nomenclature some of the verbiage that is used some of the strong language that is used. And and the way that that guys interaction you know, guy the way that guys interact with guys when there aren't many girls right. around it is a different dynamic and so that calming effect isn't there. But when you went to the Grand Prix and that was one of the few tournaments that you've seen right one of the few Magic tournaments mm-hmm. you've actually been to that's yeah. a big you know competitive one. I mean, you've seen drafts of the house mm-hmm. that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. But as far as the big ones, what was your interpretation of that situation? My perspective of it has only been my experience, and I think you guys have great, like a great magic community. A lot of them are in relationships and married, and uh, I don't know. I haven't been really been around to hear any of that, you know, whatever. If you're saying dirty language, 
or whatever you guys talk about when I'm not there. Well, uh, I do, maybe I, when I walked into that big auditorium, everybody just noticed that there's a woman there, so everybody was <laughs> behaving well. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not really sure. I did make that rule for when we used to play in the basement, which was that uh, when you were around, no one could use foul language. <laughs> That was a strictly enforced rule of, of the crib, but... Thanks. From your perspective, as a girlfriend of a Magic player, you know, girlfriends and boyfriends each have hobbies. You know, obviously lots of guys in Wisconsin go out to bars a lot. It's huge. We have some... I think we have the most bars per capita of anyone in the world. So lots of guys in Wisconsin just go drink on the weekends and go do that. Lots of guys, you know, for, you know, pretty consistently. I'd say, like, that's... this Magic has kind of taken the place of that for me in the sense that it's my entertainment budget, but I would say probably a little bit less destructive than that in the sense that one is I get something back for the money I spend. Two, it's probably cheaper on average than getting hammered at the bar sure. because it's very easy to spend lots of money when you're drunk. Yeah. And three, uh, there's a little bit, it, it's, it's, a, it's a different part of the mind that you're working and it's actually maybe developing some of those right. cognitive like skills. More productive it's a little more, it's like mentally productive, yeah. You get, you get, there's, there's some return on the investment. It's a tangible, right. tangible return. You're, you're growing your brain cells as opposed it's to killing them. Kill. <laughs> so from a girlfriend's perspective, I could do a lot of different things as a hobby, but what do you think about magic as a hobby as opposed to other stuff? Uh, well, I mean, aside from it, you know, in a relationship point of view, uh, from the point of view of, you know, is it good for you or is it not, like... I think a good balance of it is a healthy balance of it is what you're saying that you know it's it's educational like I've heard many times that you know there's a lot of vocabulary like a lot of basic vocabulary that are on those cards and I think that's cool you know I brought my little seven-year-old friend over here the other day and we were looking at magic cards and he's like oh I can read this this is a magic card blah 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 this is a master deck am I a master <laughs> and I just think it's like you know like that part of it is really educational and uh yeah you know it, it works your mind you get to interact with other people intellectually like I didn't know there could be so much theory within this game um and I think that's intriguing but I also think that it's 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 you need to balance that as well. Yeah, well, it's interesting. Yeah, Greg's looking puzzled. Diana was a nanny for many years to uh, a, 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 well. How did you? Know, I don't know how you met Kelly. How you met his mom? Oh, just through a random job posting. At you okay, know. she was a you know she's a nanny for a long time. She still keeps in touch with the kid, but you know I'm try, I, he she bought him by the store and I gave him some magic cards and Caleb's brother was teaching him some stuff. So I gave him a bunch of cards and he like flipped out yesterday and he organized he did he organize them all alphabetically. Yeah, he did. Yeah, see and to me like I started playing at a young age, not that young, but I was so eleven or twelve. Maybe I was twelve when I started playing and I learned a lot of of basic math and how to calculate things quickly and all that sort of stuff all that sort of stuff. As a as a young kid he is probably going to learn a lot from this, from these cards, even just if he's learning to read, if he's learning how the different mechanics interact. And I think that's awesome. I mean, when I have kids, I definitely want them playing Magic. I, you know, just like like Tiger Woods' dad. That's what it doesn't mean me with Magic, you know, <laughs> the golf club. You know, you're three years old, not even able to, you know, fully handle the cards. And, yeah, and, and, and it's going to be, I'm going to be a proud dad the first day they beat me. <laughs> and then I'm gonna ground them. <laughs> but you're not gonna let it. You're not gonna let them beat you. 
They're no. going have to have to actually be you. They're going to have to be a while. Yep. Which is a, well, hopefully yeah, not. Awesome. Hopefully they'll be prodigies and they'll make so much playing magic I can retire early and come <laughs> on the pro tour and get, you know, maybe then we'll get, you know, some, what would we get for magic players? Who could sponsor magic players in the, in the not too distant future? Like, I don't know, maybe some deodorant company <laughs> or maybe some, Old Spice. yeah, Old, the newest Old Spice. <laughs> now you're in a bar. Now you're in <laughs> you're at a magic tournament. <laughs> Riding unicorn. <laughs> Your boyfriend? Back at me. Your boyfriend? Back at me. <laughs> awesome. What were you going to say before? So what I was going to say is that the, the puzzle book was actually me thinking of a particular article. Um, there, was, there, was a, there was on gatheringmagic.com, which is a more casual-sided um, blog uh, about magic, that... There was a, a contest where, I think it was for Rise of the Eldrazi, as you can, you can look it up. Just before Rise of the Eldrazi came out, Troll and Toad sponsored a, a contest where, whereby the winner does blah, 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 you know, blah, 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 you post a response, and the winner gets blah. Well, one of the respond, responses was, oh yeah, it was like, why do you deserve a box of Rise of Eldrazi? That was the, that was the contest, just respond with why. And one person was a teacher and said, well, I've actually been introducing, using some of my cards, I've been introducing, you know, magic to um, a classroom. And if, I mean, it's all coming out of my pocket. If I had a, a, a box, I'm a teacher, I don't have a whole lot of extra income. But if I had a, a box of unopened packs, then like we could, we could open packs as, as a group and we could potentially even do a draft. And like there's, there's a lot that we could do with a box. And they won. And there was then a response, rather than just saying, okay, well, these are the winners, they actually then did an article on the blog about that. And that, you just talking about that made me think of that. And it's actually, it's a great, it's a great uh, feel-good story. I think it was then picked up by Sarkington Post, and they talked about, you know, a teacher using magic cards in the classroom. That's awesome. Oh, that is cool. Yeah, and I've had, I've had friends growing up who played magic that were in, like, really hood areas, and... Most of their friends and cousins and stuff were in gangs, and there was lots of shootings, and there was dangerous areas that they grew up in, but they kind of escaped into the world of magic or video games, and just completely, and that's how their parents would keep them off the block, because you don't want your kids hanging out on the streets, because, you know, they can get shot or dangerous stuff, what have you, so it's like, they just stay at home all day and constantly play cards, or maybe go to a card shop or whatever, and that's how they would kind of keep them safe, but they've actually, you know, and I've had... I've had a couple friends who've gone through that, and it's like providing a safe atmosphere with, r- relatively speaking, responsible, you know, like 20-somethings and adults and stuff to look after the kids. So it's kind of like, you know, making sure that the kids are getting taken care of and, you know, doing stuff. And there's Diana's phone, so we're going to go. Intrusion <laughs> number two! Yeah, no, well, we'll just, it's just an email that she's got coming in on there, I think, her notification. But... Nonetheless, if uh, you know if, if Flores and Brian David Marshall can have <laughs> all the traffic and all the random pauses that they have and the pee breaks, whatever, I think we can take a quick. <laughs> yeah, well, well, BBM just sits and types on the computer for ten minutes and we have to listen to that, and then Flores comes back. Good editing, guys. Thank you very much. I'll tell you what works about that is that even though they have those things, the content is so strong that you still just you still kind of wait for him to come back from the bathroom yeah <laughs> it is it's very very true <sighs> top eight magic <laughs> uh, such advice yeah. but yeah 
pretty cool. The Sheik Shack, did you hear that? The dude, they have this contest where they want people to take different pictures in front of like Shake Shacks, which is this East Coast, you know, whatever, like burger and shake type place or something. So they have, Flores has this thing, it's like Flores Rewards. Part of the Flores Rewards. Yeah, so one of the things was in Afghanistan, they have sort of a Shake Shack, a Sheik Shack. And this, you know, soldier who is serving our country took a picture in front of it and sent that in for his Flores Rewards. So that was pretty cool. You know, a Sheik Shack. Yeah. And, uh... Diana, you gonna stick around with us till the end? They can't hear you. When that, was a, that was a little nod, yeah. little head nod. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they can't hear you when you nod your head. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that was the idea. <laughs> so we're gonna quickly go over a couple of the emails that we got, and then we're gonna give out our contact info and wrap up. We got first of all, uh, Brad. Thanks again, one of our loyal listeners, Brad, who also participated in the mitotic draft. Uh, you. Your comments are always interesting and welcome, and uh, even though you are a librarian, we know that sometimes you have trouble reading the magic cards, as you stated (laughs) yesterday. So, uh, cheers to you, and I look forward to the next interesting deck you build, because you always have some good ones. I also want to give a shout-out to Adilon was the handle, right? Who wrote on our comment section. Um, Or Adilon, or whatever, which harkens back to the Dissension guys that would go back when you played multicolored spells and he gave a great comment actually on our last podcast the cube podcast where we discussed my cube and tom's cube and he actually uh really went through some trouble to point out and i highly recommend anyone that wants to go to our comment section on episode three because um, yeah off of the mtg cast website that comment section correct because there are some great insights that he had and he did you know some calculations and some math using um the using i think it was cube drafting website where he uh basically broke down some of the most used cards some least used cards and it was it was really great it was really interesting to read so thank you so much uh we look forward to some more comments from you in the future and that was really well thought out and and a great comment um although i disagree with sword of Vengeance being the highest uh, card from M11. That did not actually make it into my cube, as it's way worse than all the other equipment in there, I think. And um, It's so expensive. Yeah, like three, it's three, three to play and then three to equip. Like, three to equip is it's like so much. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying the card's bad, but when you're comparing it in the necessary vacuum that you must, which is, alright, what are all of the other equipments. What card is it going to take out? And you're not going to take out any of the swords. I mean, you're not going to... That sounds take awful. Out you know, like, what What do you take out? Well, you take out... No. You take out, no. You, take out no. you take out Grappling Hook if you're playing that. But if you're playing Grappling Hook in your cube, you're going to need more than Sword of Vengeance. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we appreciate it, and we appreciate any more feedback. And Greg, where can they hit us up at? Uh, on... On Facebook, facebook.com slash force space spikes. I guess it's probably underscore. Ooh, well, just do in search force spikes with a space in between. On Twitter, uh, twitter.com slash force spikes. I'm also on Twitter, um, g3ngr3g. And then also you can email us at forcespikes at gmail.com. Yep, and we'll have all that information in the show notes, so uh, feel free to check those out. 
we are actually up to 31 people today. Uh, we just started the Facebook not too long ago, so that's pretty good. But we'd love to get some more fans, and we also would love to hear what feedback you guys have and what comments you have. We're doing this because we love the game. We want to build community, and we would really like to hear what you guys have to say. So please get back at us. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you want to hear. And we also want to say that there's going to be an event coming up in Milwaukee. There's a midnight pre-release. Yeah, um, so we're going. To, we're, we're both going to pre-release at Silver Spring Hobby. Well, Greg is going. I have to work that morning. Oh well, I'm yeah, working I, at. I gotta, drive, I gotta drive home the next day, but I'm still going. I'm definitely hitting it up. <laughs> well, I, pre- I, I would love to go to the midnight pre-release, but I'll be working at eight o'clock on Saturday uh, for a couple hours. So. Even though it's my birthday, I will not get to play at the midnight one, but I am going to go for the drafts afterwards because I will be done with work uh, fairly early. So Greg will be there at Silver Spring Silver Hobby, Spring Hobby on, which on, is, on Silver Spring. Yeah, yep. used to be Cap Games. It's on, yeah, and it, they move just west of 94. You can Google them, Silver Spring Hobby, Milwaukee. Yeah. Basically, it's basically and, Google, uh, Green Bay Ave and, and Silver Spring. Yeah, and they'll be having... Uh, a midnight pre-release, and then throughout uh, Saturday afternoon and evening, they'll be having drafts, and then uh, five a five o'clock pre-release. That's kind of a regular one as well. So hit that up. There's gonna be pre-releases going on. There's over, lots of pre-releases, but, but uh, so right mid- now that's the only midnight pre-release. Yeah, which is yeah. pretty cool. So if you're into that, which I totally am, and if I didn't have to work, I'd be there for shizzle. If you can make it, I would recommend going because it's a lot of fun. And our buddy Nate, I think Nate Lisko is gonna be ju- judging that one. So shout out to Nate. Uh, thanks for, for volunteering to help with that stuff and for, for being a judge because we really appreciate the hard work that goes into judging and all the studying you have to do. So props to you. Props to anyone else out there that's a judge or going to become a judge. There is a, there is a call, call to arms on, on judges. We are looking for some, some additional level one judges in the Milwaukee area. Or, uh, or higher. Or, or higher, absolutely. If, you, if you're already, if you're already like a level two, we don't know about you, or you moved in into town, or you're planning on moving in, yeah, <laughs> yeah, move here. <laughs> we want, we want, we want some bigger events, and, and to make that happen, we uh, need judges. We need, we need some some judges, some local judges. We want to so, get some PTQs to Milwaukee again. We want to get some Grand Prix here, right? Absolutely, and that and that's and that's the barrier at this point is, yep. is a lack, of, a lack judges. Of, of judges. So we need to, we need to get a couple. I, I guess all we need technically is two level ones and one level two. Which you know, getting to a level two from nothing takes takes some some commitment. But right. um, to get to a level one, it's 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 not not too much. If you if you like magic uh, and and want to. You know, maybe support take a, the scene. Yeah, take take another another role within the community. Uh, becoming a judge is a is a great opportunity. You can also get some some pretty cool kickbacks from the stores and from and from wizards as a as a as a reward for for taking that that leap of you know, you know leap of faith <laughs> doesn't seem right, but you know that that taking on that commitment. So there's some cool things you get for being a judge anyway. There's as you said the judge promos, right? Yeah, and there's some awesome uh, opportunities you get, and the higher you're up as a judge, you get the better it gets because you can do more events, you get more promos, but you also get opportunities to do special judge only events. They had a Magic Online event judge for judges not too long ago that was pretty cool. They had which is totally free. They had actually had two of them, I believe. They had two because yeah, because the, of the time, time zones. zones. Yep. Yeah. So they had they have that. They have um, all sorts of traveling you can do. Uh, oftentimes you can go to different events for free just to judge. And the other cool thing about being a judge is that you get a lot of time with some of the best magic players in the world and you get to see 
it, you know, the higher up you get, the more of that you get, the more access. And you get to see some awesome magic happening in front of your face, which is just freaking cool. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, because we lost Dominic Reisland, who is a great judge and a good friend, but he moved a little bit out of town right now. So he's he's hasn't judged events recently, but hopefully he'll be coming back soon and we can get him judging again because he was great. I'm not sure. He was very high up for a while. I'm not sure what his level judges now because I haven't talked to him in a while, but he's great. And and Diana's given us the signal, so I think it's time for us to wrap up. Again, it's been great. This is your host, Jonathan, and co-host, Greg, along with our special guest for tonight, Diana. Yep. <laughs> thanks, thanks, guys. Become our fans on Facebook and uh, catch us on Twitter. Yep. Talk to you later. Adios.